everyone, Dave DeBoe here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Dallas, Texas, we've got Sam Bates. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. I actually closed on an acquisition today, so I've been flying at the seat of my pants, but now it's, I'm in a lot better position to relax. Well, congratulations. You should relax. You should have a bottle of beer in your hand or something like that. <laughs> that, that might be for later tonight. <laughs> so, Sam, why don't you tell us, you do a, a few different things. You're into big deals. You're into multifamily properties. You're into buying existing properties. You're also into developing apartment buildings from the ground up. Tell us a little bit about why you've chosen this particular asset class. Well, multifamily, I think is a great asset class just because everybody needs a place to live and the supply and demand characteristics, there's not enough supply to meet the demand, especially in Dallas, but kind of across the U.S. So it makes it where multifamily has become very valuable, but it's also very competitive. Like this is the first acquisition I've closed on in a year and a quarter or so. So I am selective, but it's a great investment vehicle for our investors and ourselves. And with multifamily, like I was just saying, the acquisition process can be daunting and can be challenging. And luckily I've partnered with a guy that he has 20 to 30 years of experience from a development standpoint. And it adds almost a layer of diversification to our portfolio because we can get better returns from developments, but they take a lot longer. So we bring in investors that that are fine with long-term returns as long as they're, or waiting for cash flow, I guess, in a long-term perspective, as long as the return meets are required rate. And then from the acquisitions, a lot of times people want cash flow sooner than maybe two, three, four years. So the acquisitions help complement the portfolio and provide cash flow to the investors. So did you start off doing both or did you start off in the acquisitions? Is Well, I started off as a limited partner in multifamily. Then I did roughly 20 single family deals. And then the first deal is a GP as a construction or development project, but we had been looking for almost two years for acquisitions and we decided we had to pivot because we weren't being awarded deals. A lot of people didn't take us seriously because we never bought an acquisition and they're like, you can't raise capital for a 10, 20, $30 million deal. And so after being told by brokers several times, we decided to bring in a developer and help us and just buy land and start from scratch. Well, that's an interesting way to go about it, right? So <laughs> instead of doing what most people do and say, give up and say, I, I can't do this. You said, screw it. We'll build our own from the, <laughs> from the ground up instead. So that's, that's awesome. So, so you tried to get into acquisition, didn't work out. People wouldn't take you seriously. So then you started, you partnered up with somebody who had experience in developments and started doing development. So Walk me through that, if you don't mind, Sam, that first one, if you would. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people are probably watching this going, how the hell do you go from single family home to jump into the whole multifamily space, especially when you're talking tens of millions of dollars? How do you come up with the capital for those kind of deals? It was almost a perfect storm for us. I was partnering on that development with two guys. One was the developer. One was a guy I worked at a consulting, consulting company with that we were trying to find acquisitions. And the developer, he already had the land. He already had 
it was a mixed use development. So he already had two triple, triple net lease clients in the retail space. He just didn't know how to raise capital. He didn't know how to structure it. And he had land on the back that he was just going to kind of let linger at least for a few years. And then he might've done something. We told him we could come in raise capital and structure it for investors. And we started talking and he knew the other partner of mine through his church. And so they already had rapport. They'd already actually invested in one project together that worked well. So we never actually raised capital, but I worked at UBS Financial Services for a while with high net worth individuals. My other partner, he had been cons- he worked at consulting firms and PwC with private equity companies. So we felt like we could easily go out and raise capital. And we were able to raise capital, but it was by far the hardest capital raise process <laughs> we've had because we didn't have a track record and we had to raise like 2.2 to $2.3 million. And it came from all business relationships and friends that we've had over the years, but it was stressful and we got through it and it was kind of, and the, the project itself has turned out to be phenomenal and it's just springboarded us to more investments and in the various asset classes. Because yeah, now you've got a bit of a track record. Now you've got some happy investors are starting to see a return on their money or gotten a good return on the money. So they're reinvesting and you can go to them as well for referrals and testimonials. Exactly. Most of our investors still have all been kind of a core investor base that we've known for five, 10, 15 years. And then they've started referring some of their friends, but most of the investors we've had, we've had some type of relationship before. And as we grow and expand, we're starting to bring in more investors, but I don't know exactly what the future will hold. I feel like we're pretty connected to some some high net worth individuals, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. People are going to invest in how the market and the economy and with, with COVID going on right now, it, it just throws another element into the capital raise process. So it's one of those things that's always kind of like, Get as twice as many on board as you think you need because when the smoke clears, <laughs> yeah. it might be all right. Yeah, exactly. Every raise I've ever done, there's a few people that say they're going to do it, then they back out. So we've always raised 10 to 20% more than needed. Yeah, smart. So this is an interesting topic. I, I hope you don't mind if we go off on this tangent because you have a background, I believe, in, in financial services, correct? So yeah. were you a financial planner or a stockbroker? What what was your pre-real well, I was finance undergrad and then I went and worked at UBS as an investment analyst. And I thought I was going to be a financial planner for my career. And after the first couple of years, I decided to get my master's and it was in personal financial planning. And at that time, the market crashed. And I was like, okay, I don't think I can go out and try to raise capital or just get people to invest with me in products that I don't have any control over that I don't trust. So during grad school, I was also did a joint program where I got my MBA and I pivoted basically to consulting. And the first company I worked for was consulting company that focused on taxes. So really the next 10 years after that, I spent my time in consulting for mainly oil and gas companies. And well, the first five years, and then the last five, I was still doing taxes, but I was at a 
oil and gas company. So I'd always been doing real estate on the side and in tandem when I was working as a tax consultant. Yeah. So now it sounds like you've kind of brought the best of both worlds together. You brought your your background and your experience in finance together with your passion for real estate. And now you're doing your own thing. And it sounds like it's it's going really well. Yeah, it, it is. There's always growing pains starting out with a new company. And the first few years, I was still working a W-2 job. But now we have enough projects going and create enough momentum with the different projects where I have to be full-time. I mean, I'm working 60, 70 hours usually now. So there's no way I could have a separate job. And and I love what I do. Sometimes it's tedious, but for the most part, I love helping tenants, helping the cities that we invest in. And obviously the investors get a better return or more diversified return. And I think a safer return than what they would get in the stock market. So Sam, if you, if we wipe the slate clean and you were starting over again, or you were consulting with a mom, what I call a mom and pop real estate investor, somebody who wants to make that move from small deals, single family homes into, into bigger projects, but they don't have that MBA. They don't have those 10 years of consulting experience. They don't have all those high net worth clients that they've worked with in the past. What tips or, or suggestions would you give those kind of folks to raise the money they need to do their first big deal? I think, at least for myself, there's two avenues I went down that was tremendously helpful. And first is education. It doesn't matter if you have an MBA or just education in real estate. Now there's so many podcasts like this one and books that you have to get educated or even join a a different type of mentorship program that they've been with people or they've been through the this experience that you're looking to do. And the mentorship programs, they can also recommend different vendors and create your team. I think having a team around you is vitally important, like a mortgage broker, insurance broker. Obviously, the deal brokers or investment sales guys, you're going to have to know five or 10 in one market or more, depending on which markets you're looking at. But just have a solid core team around you that if you do have questions, they can answer them because they experienced it before. And then the second thing is just network constantly. When I was younger, I think that's one of the mistakes I made. I didn't start networking until probably 27 or 28 on a regular basis. And they always say your net worth is your net worth is equal to your network. And the more people you know, the better. And if you can, there's a book called The Go-Giver. It's fictional, but I think it's just a great story of helping people and it's reciprocated to you in different ways and just trying to add value to anybody you can will somehow be given back and returned to you. Yeah, very good advice. So now at the time that we're recording this, we're still in the midst of the whole pandemic thing. I'm I'm not sure in, in Dallas, but here we're pretty much on, on lockdown. There ain't much going on for networking opportunities these days. Have you got any virtual networking tips that, that you would suggest? That's about the only networking I've been able to do, unfortunately. Last year and before the pandemic, I was at networking events two, three, four times a week, and then it went to zero, and it was really hard. And now I've started networking through a lot of vendors will have 
virtual happy hours or virtual networking events where it used to be in person. Now they'll do it through Zoom. And then also kind of a bring your own booze kind of happy hour. Yeah, exactly. And then for myself, I've started to try to do more podcasts and network with people that way. And I don't do as great of a job as I should, but networking through LinkedIn or social media has also been helpful. I used to never get on Facebook and now I've made connections through commercial real estate and Facebook. And I don't know if it'll turn anything and the bonds aren't as strong as if you meet somebody at a networking event or a bar that the CRE events being hosted at or something. But um, definitely, I think the internet and social media has allowed you to network fairly productively through the pandemic. Nice. Now, Zen, we're going to wrap up. Time flies when we're having fun. But I do, as a person myself who is not naturally a very good networker, what would you recommend, you know, when the whole pandemic thing goes away, which it will eventually, and we get back to face-to-face meeting and networking meetings. How do you break the ice initially with somebody? What's your recommendation? Like, how do you go out and meet somebody cold at a networking event? Like you, I'm also not the best networker. I've had to force myself to get better. And luckily, Dallas is a hotbed for people that want to invest in real estate. So we have a lot of meetups and or networking events, I think. For myself, I had to be confident and know what I was talking about before I felt like I could go up to a random person to start talking to them. So I think if I was given any information, just know what you're talking about. And if you don't know, and if you're new and beginning your real estate career, ask a lot of questions. People love to talk about themselves. (laughs) So just be cognizant and be a good listener and ask questions and people will provide a lot of information. Smart, smart advice. Awesome. Sam, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to with real estate investing, what should they do? Yeah, so you can call me on my cell phone at 972-855-7654, or you can email me at sam at trinitycapitaltexas.com, and we can start corresponding. I I was fortunate enough to meet a few people in real estate early on, and I was kind of able to pick their brains, and I hope I can give advice and value to your audience and listeners to help them with different questions that they have. Awesome. Pretty good. Thank you very much, Sam. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you, Dave. It was was awesome to be on your show. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.